don't hear you. <laughs> this is why we have troubleshooting just, time. Just give us a thumbs up when you think you're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a prepared professional podcast. We do all sorts of things. I mean, at least usually, I guess he can blame family. But... I was going to say real life happens. That's what happened <laughs> in this case. So it's, like, you know. it's just like, how dare family come to visit and screw up everything? Right. Yeah. Speaking of screwing up everything, our topic today. (laughs) And all the things Harry and others have done wrong that we think that we can choose the better options for. Oh, yeah. Don't have much evidence yet. We're up to like eighth or ninth guesses by now, right? Who even knows? It's us. So we've taken, you know, uh, a very quick five minute, you know, talking point from, you know, three or four months ago and have stretched it into, you know, all this ridiculous content. So, yeah, it's it's somewhat of what was the character missing examination and what is kind of sort of alternate history? I mean, if there was even another choice, Harry, he's just makes the dumb choice sometimes, you know, like. He either assumes, you know, too much good in people, which, you know, like I share that problem, you know, so I understand. But it's like, you know better, right? That's like, I'm going to put a, a a cup of hot coffee on the edge of the counter, but I've got cats. You know mm. how this is going to happen. And Harry, every time he's going to do it, he's going to put that cup of coffee there and he's going to be like, Mr. Why? You know, and it's just like, bro, like how many times has this happened to you? You know better, you know, yeah. so, but... So, Battlegrounds. The good news is, he didn't make any bad choices in Battlegrounds. He was totally perfect, so there's nothing to talk about. I mean, it is hard to think of which ones that he screwed up (laughs) that were entirely him, because there was so much else chaos going on that, like, it was other people's choices impinging on his. I mean, there's a fair bit of that, don't get me wrong, and, like, Battle is chaotic and stuff like that. There's probably not as many like that I can point to directly in battlegrounds per se versus like peace talks, you know, because peace talks is the one where he, he laid out a turd sandwich. He made sure everybody got a portion and then he took double portions himself. Right. You know, because like we had all the stuff with Ramirez, we had the stuff with uh, Ebenezer and, you know, just on and on and on um, for all of that stuff. Perhaps if he had asked some important questions like, Mm. 10 years ago, he could have found out that, you know, Starborn have a spidey sense for, you know, for Nemesis or whatever, and maybe saved his brother. Who knows? Right. But, uh, but like Battlegrounds now we're in, we're in the shit, you know, and it's just like doing the best you can with not enough prep time and tools, which is not how wizards want to operate, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, the first big event that we have is the Kraken, but which is really cool, but there's not many right. choices in it. And so then they get back to the castle and we're skipping though. Right. Like, because does he go back to the castle before he goes to max? Because that's where, that's where my okay, first okay. one comes to mind. Fair enough. So. There's something that he does. That's like between peace talks about Battlegrounds is when he's on the Island mm-hmm. stashing Thomas, he gets mm-hmm. the items that he thinks right. that are going to be important which is clearly a, a perfect, you know, decision. Yeah. Like and it's, he he grabbed two of the more important tools in his toolkit, you know. Like, and he asked Demon Re- mm. Alfred important questions of how do yes. I use these? <laughs> right. How do I use these? What is the sphere of your influence <laughs> just in case cuz I've got a crazy idea and yeah, what a wizard thing to do, right? Like I have tools and some of these tools are intelligent, can tell me how to use them and you know, yeah. So the Alfred thing again, that's great too, because it's like, yes. oh yeah, I think I could get to the shores. <laughs> oh, cool. So we've got an outer bounds now. <laughs> you know, like unless exactly. I decide to wrestle a, a Titan in the water, like we've got to at least be on the beach. Check. You know? Yes. So those those are good wizardly decisions. He acknowledges power. He's asking questions. This is important. He's got the placard and the spear of destiny, and yes, yes they survived the kraken with help of Lara and Freitas and then Molly and sharks and all sorts of weird shit. So um, they go to Max and this is also when he's doing his wizard powers of like, I kind of know what you are, Mac, but Mm. I'm going to force you to kind of sort of almost say it 
and bind right. yourself to something very important to make Max a sanctuary. Right. Well, and and like all of this that we've talked about so far is good decisions, right? Like there is, yeah. I couldn't quibble about anything about this. If there is a quibble, it's because he just didn't have enough going for him at the time. But like out of the tools arrayed in front of him and his knowledge of everything thus far, that's great. Mm -hmm. His real big fuck up though is deciding this is where he's going to leave Murphy because yeah. it makes sense, but she's a cat. You know what's going to happen. She's got one and a half legs. You know somehow she's going to get involved here. Like Murphy is not going to be the sit down and wait type. You know, she has like, already taken off her casts early. Right. Somebody yeah. needed to sit on her literally, or you needed to somehow take her out of the game, and tell putting her on the bench and saying, "Oh, you're safe now." That's not ever going to work. And that that to me is his his first big fuck up in this book. Let's be clear. Let's <laughs> we're just like, yeah. certainly there's a bunch of fuck ups that have led up to this moment and he has fucked up before and will again. But like, this was the first one that, that was like, yeah, we should talk about that because like, you know, yeah. because so he tells her to be on radios and communications and trying to coordinate all the people that he, she knows which is not a terrible idea, but it's not right. enough for her to be satisfied in helping. It's something right. that she can do and it would be safer for her to do for Max. All of that's very logical, but right. she's too much of the warrior type. It would have been better for her, him to give her like, here's a bunch of school children, get them out of the yeah. city. Right. Because that's the, the kind of thing that she would need to do for her own anxiety. She can't stay right. and know that he is out there fighting or, or her loved ones or friends and families and partners are out there. She has to be with them at, and she's happy to die alongside them. And so it's like, she has to be put in a position where she might die to protect someone better or someone like, like a child. That would have been fine because he just didn't have any children handy yet. Right. Yeah. And, um, Like, I guess the other thing he could have done is he could have he could have tried to charge her with defending Max, but then he kind of made that irrelevant by doing the whole sanctuary thing. Right. And, mm -hmm. and it's something something like that. Like he he definitely needed to give her a more hands on job. You know, that that would have that would have made sense, you know, like, um, you know, coordinate uh, search and rescue teams or or something along those lines. Um, oh. You know, hey, so. Ended up just having to use the other computer because I could not get it to work right now. Oh, wow. So I've just done the other one. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about, you know, um, Dresden's first big screw up was uh, leaving Murphy at max. And that he didn't do enough to keep her occupied and give her something okay. to do. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, sorry, it cut out for a second there. He's uh, speaking uh, leaving Murphy at max and then I didn't hear the rest... Uh, that yeah. she didn't have enough of in her wheelhouse to do. So that's why, of course, she left. Like, it's predictable that she would have left Max. And uh, like, since Harry tried to order her to stay there, that was his first big screw up. I mean, it really would have been fine, I think, to take her with him to the castle to continue just being by his side, to, to be his ride, to be his chauffeur, as she was the, at the middle section of the book. All of that is perfectly possible. <laughs> Or wait, no, he stuck right. her in a, a, a grocery cart. Never mind. Right. Yeah, I and that's the thing. It's like, again, with the tools he had and that sort of thing, fine, whatever. But, like, what else was he going to do, you know? Um, but, yeah, that that just that whole sequence, you know, getting to the shore, going to Max. I was like, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure we did Max before the castle, so. Yeah. But. And, I mean, seriously, once at the castle, she would have helped defend the neighborhood, just like he was, of course, going to have to do, which you get to see in that spat between Mab and Ebenezer of like, and you think I'm lying to him and you're trying to control him and make him not go defend people of his neighborhood. Of course, he's going to do that. And he does with River Shoulders help. It, it, it's him being spiteful to all of the powers that are on top of the castle and like making decisions of war and everything because they think that he should focus on what they're doing and not the people in surrounding areas because they're small numbers compared to the whole city. But 
it's both the narrative correct choice, it's his choice to, to defend people who cannot defend themselves, and they're right down the street, and they're his neighbors. They know Mouse. I mean, there's zero chance Harry doesn't go. Yeah. Like, zero chance. Like, that's, it's, that's not his character. It's like, it's a choice or not a choice, but at the same time, it's, of course, what Harry Dresden is going to do as Mab is cackling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the whole rooftop sequence. We like, I don't think you know him as well as you think you know him. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, Yeah. yeah. There, there are certainly secret fights happening in code in that argument, and I still want to know more about it. I loved it. Right. Yeah. I another another hidden history moment with Ebenezer, perhaps, and then you know uh, to reference something else much later in this book, she did the math. You know, so <laughs> like like she knows her knight. She's done the math. So oh, of course. You know. I mean. Yeah. The White Council kind of feels both stuck with Dresden and greedy of him, but she recruited him, got him into a corner where she knew he would call on her when he was desperate and everything eventually worked out. She did math and coordinated. They just kind of like, well, he's a wizard. I guess we won't kill him. <laughs> Makes much less sense. Mm. So... McAnally's. Andres, you've got a thought? No, that was, I was thinking about something f for later. I guess it's because it was for later. And it's also like I'm just I'm trying to go through the book in my head and it's like the one I've right. read the least because it's the newest. <laughs> we were talking about that. It's like we've only read this one like two or three times, guys. Like not the five plus times that we've read the other ones just for the show, like let alone, you know, whatever else we've done. But uh, yeah, yeah. So what was next um, up, did you say? Well, I think he for Harry forcibly got people inside of the uh, castle because he had to argue with Marcone about they deserve to be hiding in said castle in the neighborhood and something, something, showdown with Raven women um, and bargaining with, not exactly bargaining, but talking to Vaterung and the interactive war map that they managed to have with some side comments about Harry's mother. And then Ebenezer listens to Wind, Wardens, Harry. They all go to get to a certain part of the map, and that's when they run into Dracul. And Ebenezer's in charge, so it's not even Harry's decisions in certain parts of it. And then uh, River Shoulders comes with. I mean, thank God they had River Shoulders. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what his power level is, per se, at Janasqua, but... I mean, they're powerful, right? Like, I don't know where we oh, yeah. rank them. They're more... I'd say they are like above senior council level, like pretty much. I'm aren't they? curious how they rate against a Nagloshi, because Nagloshi being divine entities of a way, uh, I'd like to see him throw down <laughs> with the Nagloshi. See Ebenezer throw down with the Nagloshi? No, River Shoulders. Oh, River Shoulders. Okay. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, ri like River Shoulders is one of those like he he's trying to invert the tropes a little bit, right? Because like River Shoulders has got all the the power and the build of a Hulk, but it's almost like he's a smart Hulk, right? You know, in the sense that it's like he's also a got all the magic. Yeah, thing, right? right. And so it's like. River shoulders, I don't think would enjoy it, you know, and or maybe or maybe he would in the sense like, um, you know, like he he kind of relished a little bit fighting Dracul, but like it might be, I don't know, it, it's tough to say because he's supposed to be a divine child as well, right? You know, and the Nagloshi is is like that, but obviously twisted. I'm gonna punch my. I mean, leg also, if we if we look at a at a Janasqua who is who who is you know more in line with the uh, a Negloshi is uh, blood on his soul. I think is. Yeah. You, I mean, he's also okay. Granted, he had a Denarian coin the whole time, but you know he's ex ex exceptionally powerful as well. Yeah, I mean, all of those somehow uh... survive being quashed by <laughs> by a giant ice cube. <laughs> All of the right. forest people are 
right, probably all of them, extremely powerful, extremely old, very knowledgeable. They're just hiding and we don't get to see much of them, but hopefully we will because of the promise of training Harry. I, I also get the, the impression that there are, uh, maybe this is said in the books, maybe I inferred this or maybe I read this somewhere, but that the, let's say River Shoulders people, uh, specifically his tribe, there are River Shoulder, who's kind of like a shaman, a, a wizard, but there are also others who are who are not. Right. Is that is that correct? Do I remember that right? Yeah. Or is that just something yeah, he's, he's, he's part like, of the Sky People, right? You know, yeah. I, I think so, Sky like, People or something. Like there's like yeah. three or was it four different like denominations that they could choose in pathways. And um, yeah. that that's why like Blood and a Soul chose the more brutal carnivorous path. Um, right. But that's that's one of the paths that they can take. And Is he from the same tribe or a different tribe? Blood on a Soul. I don't think we I know. Thought they were actually. I think I think they're different. I mean, the main the main argument for that is blood blood on his soul's reaction, right? Because Harry Dresden is like, oh, I met a forest person once. You guys must all be cool and friendly and shit. And he's like, you know, I I have so little respect for those weaklings, <laughs> you know, and all of that. But that shit. could be so, like, that could also be the path he chose, right? Exactly. And so no, I mean, not of sure. course. It look, man, we've got. They're clearly the Wookiees. We got Jedi Wookiee and Sith Wookiees, okay? And then we've just got Chewbacca, right? So River Shoulders is a Jedi. Blood on his soul is a Sith, you know? They may be equal but opposites or whatever. But no, yeah, I mean, so I'm just saying I don't think they hang out in the same treehouse, you know? So, because you're wearing the shirt? Uh, but it was a good analogy no, but, regardless. <laughs> yeah. I, it just it came together because, like, immediately I'm thinking there were, like, three paths. You've got, like, most of them are just forest people. They're probably, you know, they're, like, what, Harry from Harry and the Hendersons and just, like, chilling and whatever. And then you've got, you know, like, River Shoulders who's like, yeah, I can do some magic. What about it? And then you've got River Shoulder, or, sorry, Blood on His Soul who's like, you know, skulls for the skull throne. You know, so they're really close. What's you know, that reference? Warhammer? Yeah. This is Warhammer? Okay. Yeah, yeah, blood for the blood god, skulls for the skull throne. Blood for the blood know, god, just... I know. And I think that's what I was thinking of when you said skull yeah. for the skull throne. No, no, Warhammer's <laughs> so very I subverted direct. it a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, we better see more of River Shoulders because we do have these questions and I want answers. Because I, yeah. I had gotten the impression that River Shoulders and, and Blood and Soul were like cousins or something, but then they hated sure. each other because of the different paths that they took. So they hated because yeah. of choices and not because of family. But whatever this means, I still want to know. And right. the threat that Blood and Soul is going to come back after Harry, significant. Yeah, I really, I really cannot like overstate enough how much. Uh, like this, there are some argue like some a lot of arguments online about uh, even between us how how well the quality is of this newer these newest two books they, they like there are some inconsistencies but the writing like the the setup here when when we run into to Dracul and the gang and how he's like how how it's Mavra who's the drama who's the least of them. Just oh, that whole yeah. setup for a Dresden fan where we're like, oh, Mavra's like the bitch to these people. We're, we're in trouble here. I mean, we got river shoulders, but I think we're, this is, this is bad. Yeah, so right. the setup of it was great because uh, it made sense as they were going into the cemetery. They're sneaking up behind the drummer, and if they uh, make her falter, then the whole spell would would uh, stop and it's like this it makes total sense and then he like drives a the sword right through where her liver would be but she's a black court vampire and he doesn't know that so it's all right. very logical but then she just turns around like oh it's you <laughs> right i mean th there's so much great in in this sequence including like you know, just the, the tactics of it as well. Right. Like, you know, I've, I've long time been a fan of like, you know, using, using necromancy on the battlefield just makes sense because every time your enemy loses, he loses twice. And every time you lose, you get reinforcements. Um, you know, and, uh, if you're familiar with Eberron, you can guess which of my, 
which of the countries I, I like out of that one, you know, because the Karnathi, they don't they don't get to just like raise undead armies on the battlefield. They've got to go do more stuff for balance and whatever. But it's like that's always been a thing. Like I had a buddy who was like, oh, we're going to play on a doomsday world. And like you guys all survived the apocalypse. What do you do? Oh, we're the necromancers. What the, there's raw materials everywhere. That's who I want to be <laughs> like. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just like it's just because of, you know, it kind of reverses the the entropy and the attribute of of a battlefield right and so you've got necromancer bad guys in the dresden files where are they going to go one of the largest oldest cemeteries in the united states like you know sure there are older bigger ones on the east coast etc but like you know in the midwest you found it you know like and and they're gonna just go and raise a bunch of dudes right in the middle of everything and we already know we've got you know big spirits running around um, with, uh, what's her face, the little girl. And you can only imagine what else is running around there. The other one was, um, the you know, was being summoned that night too, which they may or may not know. I'm not sure, but that's like, they can draw power from that. Right. Like that's a lot of dead spirits. Right. Right. You know, yeah. so, um, yeah. So anyway, so it's all, all of this stuff. The only twist in it is like, it's such a masterful stroke, except that it's just Dracul being an opportunist. <laughs> you know, like if he had been playing with the FOMOR, if he had actually towed the line, then Dresden and everybody would have been wildly in trouble, which don't get me wrong. They got their asses kicked, you know, entirely. But, uh, you know, that that was a masterstroke of strategy and everything. And so it made all the sense in the world that the wizards are like, no, that's we got to go stop that first. Yeah, they so, just made bad assumptions on the power level involved. They were like, ah, some punk necromancers. This will be fun. And it was the other way. So yeah, they did not expect know. it to be Dracul, but they did still have to check it out because you cannot let necromancers running around the city during a battle with a Titan. Like, it's still a nuisance that they have to stamp out. Mm -hmm. kind of got hurt for it um kind of <laughs> we don't know where chandler went and we don't know if we'll see uh wild bill or what was her name you should be some, some japanese name or something <laughs> sure. i mean, I, I mean I, while uh, looks like justin might be looking up uh, while he does that yeah. i would i just want to uh i want to i want to commend my boy dracool here for the min max you know he's just like <laughs> You know, I mean, we can just swoop on in there. We can get a little, little value out of this situation. Yeah. Might as I well, mean, you know, it's it's perfectly logical. Yeah. Is why he was also saying, uh, yeah. uh, after five minutes of you, I couldn't stand an eternity, so I am not going to offer immortality like I usually would because he's smart. Yushima, Yushima. Yeah, Yushima. Yeah, okay. first and last name, but yeah, yeah, Chandler Yushimo. Uh, Wild Bill Myers and um, Carlos, I guess Ramirez. Yeah. So, because it, yeah, it was all it was all the baby wardens who have grown up, you know, but all the all the same ones from Warcry, basically, that kind of more or less became Dresden's, you know, like shock troops and and like oh, when I call for backup, it's one of these guys or all of these guys, depending on the threat. And then, yeah, just completely out of their freaking depth. And I mean, it, yeah. it certainly didn't help getting surprised. You know, that's the last thing that a wizard needs is to be surprised. But, you know, like Wild Bill's artificery, not really cutting it, you know, like as cool Ramirez as it sounds, handled an himself, enchanted but... rifle. That's that's great. Wild right. Bill was easily the, the guy I thought it was, the, like, it was the coolest magic, like in that fight. Like, I thought it was so cool. Well, and and I I'm down with that, but I think I mean again, his, he his magic he may have had an adequate, if not better, showing if he had been prepared for the right thing. He probably just came with like magic bullets, fire bullets, because you know we're in a war and I need to do more damage type of stuff. And what he needed was like holy bullets, silver bullets, and yeah, so he was just like not loaded for the right game. You know, I, I would say so. in general, our artificers in RPGs that's their strength, right? It's the pre-planning. Sure. It's yep. like this uh, series I talk about sometimes by Andrew Rowe, the Sufficient Advanced yeah. Magic. There's an artificer mm -hmm. there. And the combat often, if he's not prepared, yo, he can't do that much. But if he's like thought ahead, he's also like a planner, he can be right. immensely powerful. 
Right. Uh, yeah, so, they're yeah. they're a, a mechanical wizard, right? You know, like they do to gadgetry what wizards do, you know, just out of thin air type of stuff. So there's a lot of parallels in that. But they they invent shit and they invent tools. So if you go in and be like, ah, yes, I brought a hammer and a hacksaw, but really what you needed was, you know, a chisel and some pliers. You got the yeah. wrong tools for the job, you know. And this and is so, why whenever I play video games, I do not ever use any of my items because I might need them. <laughs> right. Classic. <laughs> like, oh man, that boss was so terrible. A good thing I had these eight thousand potions that I never used. So mm -hmm. like, yep. no, bro, that was the that was the equalizer there, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah. I I'm the same way. I mean, like, I think since Doom 1, you know, where it's like you go to the end and you've got all these guns and ammo and shit and be like, oh, man, good thing I didn't need to use the minigun. Right. <laughs> I, I used to, to save it a lot because I might need it later, but I'm, I'm mm -hmm. being better about getting away from that because it's kind of, yeah. you know, it's, it's silly. That's why, that's why the most powerful heroes in existence are the ones that are trope aware. So, <laughs> because they're the guys that drink the potions. So, you know, <laughs> the Witcher, just saying, he drinks his potions. So, true. So, we lose Yoshimo and Wild Bill. And Could they even have done anything differently here? Really? Could they have chosen not to go after the Necromancers that they don't know? No, vampires? they cannot choose not no, to go yeah, after them. They're too so. much of a threat to let alone. So they have to interrupt them. And they had a plan that required delaying because uh, um, Listens to Wind and River Shoulders were going to be the, the gigantic gorilla that falls on them later. And so they had to yeah. spend a little bit they of time. And that's why Harry was doing the, the Ghostbusters uh, lines and all of that. <sighs> so great and so sad I didn't catch it in the moment, but yeah. I mean, they have so. they have experience wardens. They have Harry, one of like, uh, how powerful is he in universe? Now he's one of the strongest wizards for sure. I mean, now. don't they still say he's in the, like the? Doesn't he say he's in the top twenty or he's like this? That's power, he's like that's the strongest of his generation, but he's just not right. refined. You know, yeah, like he could that's, that's he could still be more powerful prowess. I guess like how much he can pump like magical right. energy. But right. uh, yeah, uh, Harry did not win this fight. Listens to shoulder. No. Listen to win and River Shoulders won this fight. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. Like, how scared he are survived you from, from this fight? You, from exactly. what you think are human necromancers at the time that are like, and you you're Harry, you're senior experienced wardens, you're a senior council member, super powerful, and you have like a, at least a senior power level, uh, like Wookie, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> We're not going to be able to shake that reference for many years at this point, but yeah, no, I mean the, so the one thing that, that has jumped into my mind to shake up this a little bit is the fact that, um, like Graceland is walled and it just seems like maybe between a couple of badass wizards and a senior council, you know, member guy that, you know, they could have done something with that. You know, they could have like tried mm. to trap them inside, or they could have made it a circle yeah, and tried circle, to cut them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Like in world, in universe, like they didn't need to go in there. They didn't need to follow the brute force tactics and the pincer movement, and and those are all great tactics when they work. That's why they're the tactics that you would use and that sort of thing. But you know, yeah, that I mean, that's a great analogy. So. Um, but yeah, like, uh, that's, that's one of my takes It's like, if, if I were to do the, like the perfect thing and hindsight 2020 and whatever, then this is maybe something that I would have suggested and seen if they would shoot it down, or I would have gotten the backslaps from, you know, um, listens to win and be like, Hey, you're going to be next up for CDL council member. I could tell, you know, or something like that. Right. Because they, they made bad assumptions. They went in when they didn't need to, um, they should have considered it in the first place i mean i guess you know they're they weren't necessarily expecting the war we were right as readers we knew that this was coming but you know like the wizards didn't stop to think ah yes in case of a siege let's make sure we lock down graceland because that is a whole lot of ammunition just waiting to be taken over and whatever but that's the only thing that i think they could have done differently that that wasn't predicated on a bad assumption from information they couldn't have possibly had you know like how likely is it they're going to run into like a run of the mill necromancer versus fucking Dracul and his cohort? Like, 
what are the odds? You know, like, I mean, I guess it could have been, it could have been Cowell, right? Cause he's pretty much the surviving Kemlerite at this point. Right. So it's like, as far as like, well, we've got like your NPC wizards and we've got Cowell and we've got Dracul and his badasses, and they just all happen to be here at the same time, apparently, you know, minus Cowell, of course, but you know, it's just like, what are the odds of that happening? So it's like, yes, that was a bad assumption. Yes. They mishandled it, but with the information they had at the time and that, that is what it is, you know? Yeah. So. It's, there was not an obvious other answer. Um, right. And this exchange did finally force Harry to ask the fucking question of what is a starborn? Because <laughs> how many people have said it to him at this point? And now Dracul right. himself has said it. And one starborn to another. <laughs> right. And I mean, so. I mean, it's pretty, it's a really good sequence of events and scene by Jim here. There's the just randomly they're cool for the first time, right? And oh, Marvel's the little, like the, the smaller, the least of these starborn drops, so actual starborn so information. And like, it's it's a it's really good, right? And it's the finally a smart choice from Harry of asking listens to Wayne to say, No, you tell me now, this matters. And then listen to what Sil says. It's I cannot tell you because no matter how old and arrogant of a wizard I am, I have to ask permission. Right. From who? I'm just laughing because I have this image of like listens to wind or not listens to wind of of river shoulders in the background in a headlock from Dracul just getting punched in the face. And Aries like, tell me what a starboard is. It's like, I'm a little busy. You know, it's just like <laughs> Harry, now is not the fucking time. The fucking time was any time in the last five years, but now is not the time. Like <laughs> so. Uh. And if I was Harry, and with the panache and and arrogance he shows sometimes, in the downtime, I would I, I would have gone the whole summon Uriel, starborn information, give it to me, just to see what would happen. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I guarantee mean, you, Matt knows. Just so we're clear, I don't think that's how any of that conversation flows. You know, I just wanted yeah, to put yeah, that yeah, in I there, was, like, <laughs> like I I would, yeah, I don't know, like there are certainly. There are certainly beings, though, that he could he could drum up and and compel. But yeah, Uriel is not among them. I wouldn't imagine. But he can't force you know. him. But you know, Uriel, he's be like, hey, I'm gonna say the name again if you don't tell me. All right, all right, don't call me Yuri. So, you know. but I mean, there's he knows so many people he could get information from. He knows Santa Claus. He has right. Mab. It, right. He could ask summon, for sheep. Summon up Odin's Santa on Christmas Eve, like for Christmas this year, I would like Starboard information. Now it's it's entirely possible that Vaterung is like the guy in charge of saying like this is why we don't tell Harry Dresden or he's on that council, whatever that looks like and whatever. I do like the fact that you are being redundant by including Rashid and you know Santa Claus Odin in there, but uh Different yeah, masks like, can have different bouts of information, just like happened right. in cold days. Yeah. And and it may be, it may be that o Odin plays by the rule of like, you're ready for the answer when you're ready to ask the question, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just like, again, if you would just ask the question, it would have been probably <laughs> so, so useful now, in this book the a couple of times. Is not like, okay, Harry finally asked the question, but he asked it to listens to Wind who right. does like to play by the rules and the rules say right. that he needs to ask for permission. And so he should have asked somebody who doesn't play by rules, who doesn't have to play by rules or plays by different rules, you know, entirely mm -hmm. like, Matt. you know, cert. Well, yeah. Apple wants I, something in exchange. Of course she does. Well, she wants maybe, to save reality. Like you don't think that if it was to Mab's benefit, she would have figured out a way to encourage Dresden to ask the question. Like, you know, be like, "Hey, Sarissa, I need you to carry this envelope and then trip in front of Harry." Like, you know, just no, I don't she's know. Just, like, she's just she has drop, ways. She's gonna <laughs> drop hints in the conversation when he doesn't get it. She's gonna slam him into an elevator and tell him to listen. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I definitely think. Mab knows the game and knows all of her restrictions enough that if she wanted him to know, he would know already, you know? So, um, you know, it, I think maybe as much as any I mean, shit for all we know, that's how he gets out. 
right? Like I, it's been it's been a long, long, long time, you know, theory of mind that like Starborn may not necessarily like it, it does seem to give him some power over outsiders, but I think the more important thing that it gives him is he doesn't get mind whammied like everybody else does when outsiders are in play, right? So I think his innate stubbornness and a bunch of other stuff like that is at least enhanced by, if not a result of him being starborn potentially. Yeah. Right. You know, where it's just like his will is what comes out on top, you know? And so it may be that, you know, map has bound him, but as soon as he figures out how to manipulate being a starborn, that's how he gets out. He could just quit. He could just say, you know what? You don't have power over me right. anymore. If he changes how walk, he, you know, identifies himself at a core level and his id no longer has a snowflake pin then he might be able to shake it but the problem like i don't think he will get out of the winter mantle because he has accepted it at a core level right but and i i think that's fair i mean pers personally as it stands right now he needs slash should keep the winter mantle in my opinion it's got to be replaced with something of equal or greater value for the book series and just the the trajectory that every book an he gets more powerful and yeah Uriel's. i mean something ridiculous ridiculous yeah. right and like this and and we haven't seen anything that has suggested that the starborn mantle would be it but maybe that's a thing maybe he he's able to unlock the the double secret you know superpower of you know being a starborn or whatever you mm -hmm. know but like you know listen is very adequate because of his starborn or doing like that's a that's an open-ended question right right and and i mean certainly you know like there's the prophecy for lack of a better word if if it isn't the perfect word but like um you know with um uh morgan being afraid of of him being a destroyer right so there's clearly there's clearly the bad side and the white council is afraid that if he finds that out they can't control him anymore so it's entirely possible that him. you know he is yeah, he well, is some course, sort of fulcrum so. right he is like he he yeah. gets to choose the fate of the planet probably of reality right in some way uh, i don't know why specifically well, him reality well I mean, he's the main character i don't know but yeah. i don't know why specifically why in universe specifically him of all the potential starborns and why this generation of starborns right well it's it's probably always though right it's just that it only comes around once every 666 years and probably the only guy left over from last time is dracul and a really important question about that last time or even the time before that and a really important question about that is he doesn't see like i mean he's generally a bad guy but he didn't bring about the apocalypse clearly so what is he doing and why not i mean you still yeah. team reality i, I you can assume is because he? maybe because all of his shit's there right yeah right. i mean th th that's the unifying stuff. thing of like all a lot of the bad guys that we have it's like we're all sharing on the same reality for all mm -hmm. of us to like exist, you can try to like yeah. new world order, whatever, like the yeah. timelines. This but... is this is my speck of dust. I don't want it to get destroyed, but it's mine, you know. Yes. So it's like, yeah, I'll kill all of you and I'll take over, but I you can't blow up the world. That's where I keep my stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. and so like if that's the the end line of just like it, so it's either you work alongside Nicodemus and Dracul and everyone or all of reality is gone. So there's a lot of people are going to just choose of like the enemy of my enemy is worse. Right. So listens to when says he will give answers in a year. And in a year, we also know what else is happening. It's giant party. So his wedding gift is going to be some information, right? No. <sighs> no, I, I kind of ascribed to EG's theory for this. So I, for all familiar with that, so well no just like you know for all we know he's literally like listens to wins in the middle of the sentence when he gets summoned by his mirror mirror version or whatever like yeah something is going to stop it we're we're still not going to have that you know hell maybe that's why maybe that's the thing he gets out of mirror mirror is when he crosses over he finally gets the answer because he sees you know evil dresden operating as a starborn because he fucking asked the question or somebody told him at some point it's like oh that's what i can do you know or something like that you know that there 
one of the things that I'm hoping for the most out of that, and maybe it's a over hope, you know, maybe I'm building up too much, but it's like, Harry's finally going to see himself foiled, right? Like, you know, with like a foil, right? Not as in foiled my plans or whatever, but like, he's finally going to see himself as everybody else sees him. You know, he's finally going to have that outside looking in introspection that he is relatively incapable of managing in the sense that he can't even ask the right question. And so that's what I'm hoping is like, he's a, this book is the book he's going to learn the most about himself because he's going to see himself in action. And he's, you know, of course he's going to see like, oh, that's what an actual monster Harry Dresden looks like instead of what I've been doing. Hopefully that's a big part of the takeaway. Maybe it's even worse. Maybe it's like, oh shit, I really am a monster because I would have done these things in these situations too or something like that. But my big takeaway is that he finally sees all the power, all the responsibility, all the everything else that everybody else has seen that we got like a taste of in Ghost Story by not having him there, you know, you could see, oh, this is what he was holding up. These were all of his burdens. This was his defense and all of that stuff. And then now, hopefully in Mirror Mirror, we're going to see like, oh, this is what actually working against everybody looks like, you know, like I am a big, scary monster in this universe, you know, but. It'll be exciting to finally see because we've been talking about Mirror Mirror for almost 10 years now. <laughs> it's been a while. So okay. um, let's see. After the bargain of when he gets information, uh, they leave Graceland and they run into Rollins. And he's about to die of cliche poisoning because he is going to retire in two weeks. Um, right. Run into Lamar and Lamar's freaked out. And let's see, I think nearby after that is when they uh, run into the Yotun, right? Because that's when Jotun, however. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, I was around the, the time of like Ebenezer and... English if you want the word that's more correct to the uh, where that it's actually from. Go ahead. Yeta. The Yeta. There's a N that you're not pronouncing. Right. It's, uh, he's he's brought this up before, but yeah, I've I've now it's it's hard to quibble because it's, it's like Yotun, obviously uh yeah. it's you know it's spelled like uh like this in uh like in uh, old English I think or something. And in Danish it's like this that I put it in uh Yeah, okay, so it is a different word because uh you have it without an end i'm not going to try to i don't know how you call that letter of the ae that's smashed together but yeah it did uh, a. Elon Musk's k a. um <laughs> yeah so you're saying yeta instead of yotun which is what i've been yes. ever taught which might be old norse right. or icelandic or things like that but uh, since it's old english uh, quickly on google uh, uh, but i'm not sure yeah, that's how we say it in Danish, at least. In, in Danish folklore, they are uh, the, it is a yete and multiple yeta. Mm. Language class. All right. Yep. But whatever it is, I'm not hey, saying we can, totally, we can finally use the European roots for something that like, like pulling it in. <laughs> <laughs> Other than being called, like being said I'm from the wrong country every episode. What? Well, EG's not here. Not being miscountried today. Um, there wasn't much choices to be go wrong in the fight with the fire giants and the Einher Yar were so happily throwing themselves into death. They really overjoyed having lots of fun. Uh, and Ebenezer and Christos working together, friendly, which I'm still not sure if Christos is something worthy to trust. But again, they're all on the same side of trying to survive the night, fight a titan. Right. Yeah. Um, around then is when they run in with Murphy again and the wolves and everyone who decided that they couldn't stay with Max and Butters makes the best choice he's ever done and gives Bob back to Harry. It's certainly a good one. I I don't know if it's the best choice he's ever done. I'll assert but, it. You know. I'll stand on that yeah. tiny island. Giving Bob yeah. back to Harry was 
one of the most important choices he's made. Oh, sure. I mean, it's one of the most important, but the best, that's that's a higher standard. Like, I'd even go as far as to say it's top five, maybe even top three, mm -hmm. but, you know. Maybe, maybe so. fighting zombies in his polka getup nah. rivals are it, but not since then. I mean... I, I definitely appreciated the cleverness that he brought to like, I learned one trick and I can do it well and all of that stuff from, from deadbeat. But I mean, EG's going to hate me. He's rolling over in whatever grave he's in right now. But you know, like it, I, would you say that Bob, that whole thing with Bob is more important and more impactful and a better choice than wielding the sword in the first place for butters. Like just saying like, Bob is incredibly important. Yeah, Butters no wielding a lightsaber is sometimes quite annoying. Sure. So I feel conflicted but in about world Butters. and for Butters, like you know, so. Well, he's. I mean, he hasn't gotten to do much with it yet. The most that he's done is uh, give Harry a sunburn. Who gets no, it? No, he he went toe to toe with a Titan. You know, like literally yes. mano a mano. Um, just so we're clear, there were four other gods that didn't survive that encounter, and there were four of them <laughs> before he went mano a mano. Now, it went predictably, and he did get flattened just like everybody else, but he survived the encounter. You know, like, yeah, he he definitely got equalized quite a bit in this book. So, yeah, I, I would say that's kind of, I don't, I think it's a badass moment, but I find it hard, it's hard to, to buy power level wise yeah. and, and that might just cool. be the problem with it it's like it's it's the right choice for the character to make and it worked out he survived it helped the fight and all of that it just feels a little bit too far of a stretch yeah and that might just be the entire problem uh, as a, just a little bit of the, the kind of the execution of the character at this point i enjoyed it more him giving back bob back to harry because i think it's important very to have bob and... I actually didn't think he would get Bob back and that the uh, new skull name would Bonnie? Bonnie. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't yeah. remember Bonnie. that. Would 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 have been like his new Bob. Yeah, but Bonnie uh, doesn't understand what pancakes are yet. She's still working yeah. on that. So from from a meta perspective, like, you know, he had to get Bob back because Bob is the only one who could do the circle the way that it needed to be done, right? Bob becomes the circle, right? So, like, it had to happen, but I, I definitely would have preferred almost to see more of, like, Butters and Bob teaming up where it's like, I'm a Knight of the Cross and learning how to be a wizard or at least channel magic in some way and see more of his artificery powered up by Bob like we saw in... Um, skin game you know mm -hmm. so yeah but like, that's also the reason why harry needs to have bob back narratively because now bob has the monster truck castle sure yes another another thing yeah and that but, that might be that might be further down the road and he took advantage of that and whatever but yeah for sure so but, and that might it, that's the narrative reason as to why harry needs to have bob back or at least part of it because uh, we need him for the circle it's just time for his smart ass to be back with us probably but it might have been better if there wasn't actually like, a conversation of Harry saying, give me him back instead of Butters just saying, here you go. But um, yeah, and then we get some information out of Bob of the fearsome, scary aura that Mab is putting out to try to make her enemies suffer because Bob is also one of her enemies because he knows how to kill her. Right. <laughs> and everyone's terrified. Uh, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but around this time is when we get to the guy whose name I can never remember, but I picture it's Dave Bautista needing to go save his daughter at daycare, and the, oh. the wolves take the kids. Really? I can't remember his name. Um, Brady, wasn't that? Or sure. Bradley. 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 Right? Okay. Yeah. You you see him as Dave Bautista, huh? Yes. Interesting. Is a giant I... hulking figure. I don't fully remember how he was described in the book, but that's just I'm, he is stuck in my head. He's got there. a mustache, I think, right? So it's like I I don't think I've ever seen Batista with a mustache, but like uh, it's I, he's definitely like not quite a Nick Offerman and not quite um, what's the <laughs> um, yeah what's the guy that voices Batman Will Arnett I think 
Um, if you've seen like the the murder mystery show that he's been doing on Netflix, that's kind of the character I'm channeling, but clearly needs like more build, right? You know, so it's just like a bulked up Will Arnett from that show maybe or something. But yeah, like, I don't know. I need to Google him. Like so. I can't really picture him for some reason. His rest yeah. of development and Job and, and things. So Oh, right. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's also hard to picture him with a mustache, but it's like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know, because Bradley has hair, right? So that kind of gets I don't remember Graham McTav- <laughs> McTavish out of the running and a few others that would. No, Graham like- McTavish is Ebenezer. We've had this argument. Yeah, and and uh, I think that's still too good a casting for Ebenezer. Like, I mean, I I'm not going to complain, but that's like that's like having like you know like some total you know like like a Fabio play Harry Dresden or something like that. It's like, I, I mean, sure, I guess, but like the, the casting's too good. Right. That's like the idealized version of Ebenezer in a way. Right. You know, like Graham McTavish is like a lot more like ripped in buff in my opinion than I think Ebenezer she, should be. It's perfectly like, with someone who's working out on a farm for 300 years, but and like, kicking Ebenezer asses. Def- like Ebenezer wears overalls. Like he's Still- not, like, sure, he can move shit, but he's Ebenezer should be underestimated, I think, is part of it. Right. And you wouldn't make that mistake with Graham McTavish. So I think that's part of it is just like, like, look at the guy that they used for the trailer. Right. Like, not my favorite casting, but that dude does not look like he's about to bend you over his knee. Right. And just like, you know, paddling I mean, that's kind you of the problem. Like, that, you know, but... like, you know how powerful Ebenezer is. But like, if you are supposed to think of him as a kindly farm grandpa, when you look at him, well, you're never going to get someone who's right because the cast needs to capture both sides of him. It needs to be someone who could be as uh, intimidating as that and possibly be under uh, evaluated. Right. This isn't a casting episode. I have a thought about Kurt Russell for some, like, uh, for some reason. For Ebenezer? Or... Yeah. Okay, I mean, maybe especially now, but again, like the, a little too idealized, right? And like, out of the three of us, especially, and certainly out of anybody else who's listening or watching right now, like I know that I have a specific in because Ebenezer reminded me of my grandfather, right? And my grandfather, you know, would brag about like you know carrying five hundred pounds in either hand, and he grew up on a farm and all of this stuff. And that dude was squishy, but he he had all of the muscle underneath that shit like up to his deathbed, like you didn't want to arm wrestle this guy because he he was going to beat you because he had to, because he's old and he gets tired fast. Like that's kind of what I expect from Ebenezer. Like not necessarily Graham McTavish was like, you know, I my mustache could bench press you or whatever, but no. Like, I mean, somebody with his kind of build, but Danny DeVito is still too much like, you know. Yeah, I mean. It, like if, if Joe Pesci Joe. wasn't, you know, like, you know, his accent is wrong and all of that stuff, like maybe his build, you know? So if you got, if you got somebody of a similar build who isn't like, you know, Italian mafioso, then. In home, but but he's dead. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know who. Um, Shoot. We need, we might need to touch on this another day with like show and tell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> sadly, I uh, my main pick for Thomas then would uh, used to be uh, Ian Somerhalder, Damon Salvatore from the Vampire Diaries. I thought he was just perfect, but you know he's getting a little too old now to to play Thomas. Sadly, yeah, everyone's getting just... a little bit too old now. I don't know who is young anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I mean, Ebenezer, you kind of want somebody older, but, you know. Grandma Tavish is in the 60s. Yeah, but so like, oh, I kinda like the, the guy, guy the guy from that... Secondhand Lions is is always my top pick. The, you know, the right. Lord so. Commander from Game of Thrones? Yes. Uh, no, no, House yeah. of the Dragon. No, no, I'm yeah. thinking Game of Thrones. Like the, the really? gives the bear, called, the bear sword to John, who's Lord Commander. Oh, before. him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's he's kind of stout, but could also he's also kind of grandfatherly. Like he's he's can be tender with John, and I don't think he could do it well. A good Ebenezer. His name, yes, he's 
giant Scottish guy. Um, I yeah. just don't remember. Yes, I know oh, who you're talking about. <laughs> yes, he was one of the people in in the the uh, William Wallace movie. Whatever the fuck, I've forgotten everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's mm. the one. He's the he's the he's the dad, right, of one of his friends. I think. Yeah. Anyway, we have to put a pin in this, or we will never stop. We have, we, have to wrap, we have to wrap this one up. So, like, <laughs> and we're we're like what a third of the way through the book, maybe half, because we started talking about fighting the Titan and shit like that. Um, yeah. like, we're like five minutes left of each of this episode. Actually, like if we want to stick to the hour, yeah. I mean, how many more choices does Harry make? We have, uh, well, Murphy makes some great choices of fighting a Yotun. And uh, Harry tried to be one thing he did try to do that was attempted to be clever that didn't quite work was lay out all of his uh, names and titles and accomplishments, expecting that Yotun was going to do that as well. And then he just said, I survived the Odin sun. It's like, oh, you're supposed to take a lot longer than that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Murphy's choice of being there, of having a rocket launcher and using it was great. Of course. Everybody should do it Instead if they of have pulling the a sword to. out, actually using a rocket launcher. Yeah, yeah. Right. Rocket launcher versus Yotu works out great. Um, and and then it, it you know, I got that uh, that scene from the second season of Buffy, which Alex won't get, but I think Justin will, with that demon that's brought back, big blue guy who's like no mortal weapon forge can defeat him. But that was the right. The Middle Ages, so when they pull out a bazooka at the end of the episode, and he's like, No mortal weapon can defeat me. What's that? And all the other uh, hench, henchmen who knows what it is just jumps away from him and he get blown to a million pieces. It's great. Yeah, I think you've referenced this before. I don't remember it directly, but it's like, you know, it's been like 400 years. Are you sure? <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> but then we have Murphy dying. And then we have Harry's choice to try to smush uh, Rudy into a thousand pieces. It kind of works. Just, yeah. And, I mean, he could have actually tried, you know, like. Yeah. So, I, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that is, do you think he would have gone through with it had he not been stopped? Probably. No. That, that's a choice he makes like, to, to do that. And he gets like, that's, that, you know, that's a choice. Because if he meant it, he he knows a dozen ways to have turned him inside out in three seconds. Like he would, he didn't take this long with Ariana. He didn't take this long with people who were trying to kill him, you know, and shit like that. Like I mean, I thought some of it was the choice of killing him slowly, making him yes. suffer. Sure, him but like he just he didn't seem to mean it, you know. So I mean, you do have to have the opportunity for Sonya and Butters to get there and stop him, right? That's what I'm saying is like, yeah, is that conscious? That's not consciously then. That's subconsciously. That's is that is that primal Harry doing being a like a good man, a guy? Could be. I mean, that's not how it's ever presented. Like the id version of Harry is always much more vicious and ruthless, and would have been like, they, like more on the side of killing Rudy. But it could have also been knowing that he would regret it. Maybe. He hasn't yet gotten to the point of being able to try to regret it. But. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay. Finishing this book this time, we have to move on. Let's see. Uh, when they go back to where Mab is, Butters is sticking with Harry. And as you get to see the uh, army of fairy and uh, Murphy gets to lay in some form of state <laughs> and Harry's starting to do the um, banner and that's not a choice, but it's interesting. Happens, right? Yeah, it's kind of happening on instinct. And so it's not something that he can choose. It just worked. And yeah, this, just... this is probably the part I remember the least the whole banner thing. Cause it was like kind of rushing through it. I remember. Yeah, the, so he gets to feel all of their pain, and he gets to feel where they are, and know exactly how many people he has at any one time. So it is literally a tool for waging war. He gets to know how to maneuver 
uh, and, and handle his people on a battlefield. Um, and is kind of pulled up by instinct. And it seems like Marcon was doing something similar as we see a few minutes later, as they're fighting with the bridge and over the river. Um, how many choices here? Because it's one thing about battles, as much as they are interesting to watch and to read and, and picture, uh, I'm not going to try to exactly shot for shot recreate that here because that would be quite boring. <laughs> True. Uh, um, it, yeah, I mean, his, his actions are as much as in a response to the enemy and what the tools that he has is, you know, and yeah. um, he like he's the one he holds the bridge right before they blow it up and yeah, all of that stuff. And, you know, it's just like mostly he's getting a bunch of people killed, but, you know, in a slightly more orderly fashion. And part of that is just because Dresden's not a battlefield commander, you know, so these people aren't probably, soldiers. Like they, they're just yeah. people in Chicago I mean, that wanted to defend their home. Some of them are cops, you know, a chunk of them are cops, you know, so, you know, it's it's un, not unlikely that some of them at least had as much, if not more experience than Dresden did, you know, for stuff like that. But not maybe not on the battlefield. Right. You know, um, certainly there were almost, you know almost had to be veterans in play and that sort of thing. But that role kind of gets taken up by Sonya, right? Sonya is yeah. his, you know, his lieutenant, his sergeant, you know, giving giving actual orders and, and the tactics and whatever. And he's the, the, so, the battle engineer talking about enfilade or defilade or whatever, which right. word. Right. Yeah. And we got the Svartals doing it as well. It was a whole, like, contingent of people coordinating. It was pretty good. Um but uh, what Harry tries to do is give people the choice to stand up to what is destroying their home and let them know that they have a wizard on their side. And then he does that reference to Big Trouble Little China, right? With a green fire. And then, and then when it gets to the point of uh, the Titan is actually taking the field, they're starting to, there's the interlude of Grey Malkin saying something important is happening over here and we get to hear uh, Listen, the turtleneck, talking to the Enya with Corb and kind of about how well, Harry Dresden is causing problems and he's a starborn and Listen gets to win the argument and Corb looks like a pitiful fool. But we learn important things of Listen is a starborn as well. What does that mean? Right. Yeah. Especially because he doesn't really seem to have any extra like he doesn't he's not a vampire lord not a wizard as far as we know he's just a dude you know he's yeah, a servitor that was so like, kidnapped and given gills he was like well yeah, how did he like, become powerful right you're amphibious so again it kind of goes back to like if starborn means anything then it's probably not something that presents itself you know, alongside all these other things. Like, it certainly doesn't hurt to be a Vampire Lord Starborn or a Wizard Starborn, I'm sure, but, you know, it's something else. You know, it's something asides from that. And, I mean, Listen is way competent, but again, that that's not required, you know, like a, like a Starborn wouldn't imply, like, ah, yes, all, all Starborn are wildly competent or only wildly competent people are Starborn, right? That doesn't quite fit entirely there either. Um, but as near as we can tell, he's just a dude with gills and, you know, machine guns and shit, you know, like, um, yeah, I just, it kind of goes back to, it's probably something other, you know, to, to memify it a little bit. They're just built different, you know, they just, you know, maybe, maybe listen is allowed to be competent because he's again, feeding my own theory here, obviously, but he's able to shirk off the domineering uh you know effects of the other bad guys around him so he doesn't just get turned incompetent by their you know domination and shit like that you know but domination. yeah i mean that does kind of make sense he's able to to not be uh stupided to death by their orders right and as to this question i we, we don't know how old listen is we don't know anything else about him uh i would assume that he's about harry's age because we're going to otherwise assume that he's not 666 plus years old. Right. 
Which he could. I mean, but because again, we but, don't know. You yeah, know, we don't know. We don't know anything about it. When he was taken and given gills, and maybe that's partially immortalizing him. Like, Given like it could, it could be interesting that he's from the same batch as Dresden, you know, that he's as old as Dresden and, you know, that it's, it's not actually, um, Elaine, you know, that everybody at least half assumes that Elaine might also be a starborn, that it's actually listen is, you know, another starborn from the same batch, but, well, you know, there should have been hundreds of them, right. Or thousands. What, yeah, what does being, Ebenezer but, say? So I think it was probably thousands are born out of certain time frame, like basically the same night over across the right. entire planet. And then right. over time, some of them have died or been picked off or not ever given power, their ability to use it. Right. Well, I mean, it's just life, right? You know, I'm yeah. sure, you know, a chunk of them, you know, you know, die to disease or car accidents or just whatever statistically. Right. So you get to the point where it's like, there's not very many left, you know, running around, but. It's also entirely plausible that like the bad guys, you know, who are team reality or whatever might just be running around, you know, killing them. Like mm -hmm. if Dracul has eaten Starborn before, like what does yeah. that look like? Do you mean like over the last thousand years you've eaten some or like recently? Because, you know, like what other Starborn have you run into unless you're, you know, running around like eating them on purpose? You know, a uh, little bit of Siler from Heroes and that sort of thing. You know? Yeah, totally. it, it could be that because I'm why has all of this stuff happened since the beginning of Stormfront of like some cowl or black council, someone's being involved in stirring shit up. Some of that could be to suss out who the starborns are. Maybe Victor Sells right. was a starborn and didn't know it. Now he's his age wouldn't have made sense. Um, right. But it's just like, that was where my thought had gone, even though it's not going to work, but like any of those other people, it might be easier to find them once the cowl starts doing whatever it is he's doing and making things worse yeah like, uh, i don't want to like like rush but rush the thing but i i gotta go so i gotta go soon if we're gonna finish today we gotta i mean there's just a lot of battles and a lot of it's important and interesting like i don't know maybe we should try to go to another episode and wait if that's what we're doing, that's that's fine with me because I I, I got people waiting for for me, <laughs> right? We can always we can always split it off into another topic if we can't stretch it or something because yeah. we clearly spent fifteen minutes talking about casting for one character. Yeah. We we so, might need to I have, have that as an extended argument. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Family doesn't have to wait so long. Family. All right. Um. <laughs> next week we're. I haven't read more of the book. We're probably doing a no topic. I don't know if I'll be able to finish. Goodness. <laughs> Since I have started Lord of the Rings. <laughs> we'll figure it I, out. I'm only like, I don't know. I'm missing quite a bit still. I'm like, I'm really not motivated to listen to it, but I really got to throw Empire Power through. Yes, we both need Shame. to do that. Oh, you need to listen to a real version of it instead of a I, BBC radio. If I could get it from the library, like, I've not I've rarely seen books this popular that weren't like brand new, you know, so it's, it's wild. Like the, I mean, I, the last time I had this kind of problem was the, uh, you know, Nona stuff. Right. You know, so it was like mm. getting Nona was a huge pain, but it's like, that is literally at launch. So heaven forbid, there's like 30 other fans in, in the state that, you know, aren't going to go buy it off the shelf and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it's kind of wild that Lord of the Rings is still this popular. So, you guys yeah. should totally be ashamed of yourselves. Just saying. I'm reading it. I have real <laughs> copies of it. I read the actual thing. Working on this. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. Yeah. We'll eventually finish up the second guesses of Battlegrounds and eventually get to continuing to read Lord of the Rings and, of course, discuss the movies ad nauseum. Yep. Sounds good. 